Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to The Takeaway. I'm Melissa Harris-Perry. In 1962, a woman living in Georgia wrote a letter. George Carter writes a letter. She says that she is spiritually lost in the 1960s. She says, I don't know who to listen to. My name is Dr. Lerone A. Martin. I am the Martin Luther King Jr. Centennial Professor and Director of the Martin Luther King Jr. Institute at Stanford University. Professor Martin discovered Joyce Carter's letter while conducting research for his new book. It's a book about J. Edgar Hoover, the very first and longest-serving director of the FBI. And yes, it was to FBI Director Hoover that Mrs. Joyce Carter was writing her letter. Billy Graham is saying one thing. Barry Goldwater, who ran for president in 1964, is saying one thing. I'm trying to be a good Christian. I don't know who to listen to. And I think, Mr. Hoover, you're the only person in this country who can set me straight. Now, if you're astonished to discover that an ordinary American citizen would seek spiritual guidance from a law enforcement administrator who was neither a pastor nor a theologian, well, you are not alone. And so Joyce Carter becomes one of thousands of letters that I found in the FBI files of people writing the FBI director for spiritual advice. And I think this is fascinating because we can't imagine Christopher Ray, for example, is the head of the FBI right now. We can't imagine anyone writing him and saying, help me decide which Bible I should read. Help me to decide which evangelist on TV is the right evangelist. But that is the power that J. Edgar Hoover had in this country at one point. Indeed, in Hoover's nearly 50 years as FBI director, he transformed it from a small enterprise mainly investigating interstate crimes to one of the nation's most formidable intelligence and bureaucratic institutions. And these letters from Americans seeking Hoover's spiritual guidance, they weren't the only documents Professor Martin discovered. He requested thousands of internal documents and memos from the FBI using the Freedom of Information Act, or FOIA. It took him a few years and a lawsuit to get them, but these documents paint a picture of Hoover's FBI as more than just a force of the law. It was a force of white Christian nationalism. And it's all laid out in Professor Martin's new book. I am the author of The Gospel of J. Edgar Hoover, How the FBI Aided and Abetted White Christian Nationalism. Hoover's John 3.16, if you will, and the, the Gospel of J. Edgar Hoover would be, America is a Christian nation and will only be blessed if America continues to be a Christian nation. And we have to go back to the days of the founding fathers. And if we stray from that, then America will go into ruin. For Hoover, American democracy is predicated upon a conservative conception of, of Christianity. And if you are not following his understanding of Christianity, then you are not a citizen and you are subversive. 
And for Hoover, this Christianity comes with it social implications. So it's not just theological in terms of thinking about redemption and salvation, but for Hoover, it also comes with it ideas about how American society should should be. So it's racial structure, it's gender structure, and even in sexuality. So for Hoover, Christianity meant an American society where white supremacy was the norm, male supremacy was the norm, and Hoover policed a kind of uh, heterosexuality that he thought was normal. Those who disagreed with him were evil and sinful, and they were empowered by another force that was not God, it was not holy, it was not Christian. He would summarize this by simply saying, and this is a quote from Hoover, the criminal is the product of spiritual starvation. How did Hoover, within the context of the FBI itself, develop a kind of religious, white, nationalist culture? Yes, Hoover, in order to preserve this society, Hoover baptized the FBI in his own image. And he did that by launching spiritual retreats and spiritual exercises within the FBI. FBI agents were expected to attend a Jesuit spiritual retreat where they would walk through the Jesuit spiritual exercises, which were modeled after the idea of male Christians being soldiers. So this idea was being cultivated in the FBI, that FBI agents were soldiers for the American nation to protect America from outside forces that were not aligned with white conservative Christianity. And he also made his agents sign the law enforcement pledge, which said in part that FBI agents would be soldiers and wage warfare against anybody and any principle that stood against their understanding of America. And also the pledge said that they would be ministers and they would provide aid to those who needed comfort. And in order to do that, Hoover had FBI agents attend FBI worship services where the FBI would hear Hoover offer up a sermonette, and then they would handpick certain clergy to come and preach to the FBI about how the FBI was the front guard protecting America's Christian soul. These uh, sermonettes would be placed inside the worship bulletin, almost replacing the words of Jesus. And several of these worship bulletins, instead of having a cross on the worship bulletin, there would be the emblem or the stamp of the FBI. And so Hoover set himself up really as the spiritual general of the FBI. And what's important about those worship services is not just that it cultivated within the FBI religious culture of white Christian nationalism, but also they were racially segregated. When the FBI was finally forced by the Kennedy administration to hire trained black special agents, even those special agents were not invited to these worship services. These special agents were discriminated and excluded from these worship services. I interviewed several of the pioneers who joined the FBI in the 60s. And they all shared with me they were not invited and they were excluded from this religious culture, which not only then um, shows the racial discrimination within the FBI, but also shows how in being excluded from this central part of the FBI also marginalized Black agents from access to promotions, access to cash bonuses, and to really be included within the power structure of the FBI. So the religious worship services really helped to shape Hoover's FBI and how agents understood themselves and how they understood their job and how they understood the FBI. 
All right, what does all of this mean for the FBI today? Keep listening, because you know the FBI is. That's next on The Takeaway. Every memory you think you have of the past. The house you grew up in, your first kiss. It's not simply an idea, it's a physical trace left in your brain. I own those memories. They define me. But what happens when those memories are stolen from you? In the blink of an eyelid. Can you imagine it's right to have one night 20 years long? That's what it's been like. Just like this. Memory and Forgetting on Radio Lab. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to The Takeaway. I'm Melissa Harris-Perry, and I've been talking with Professor Lerone Martin about his new book, The Gospel of J. Edgar Hoover, How the FBI Aided and Abetted the Rise of White Christian Nationalism. Professor Martin built this book on thousands of newly declassified FBI documents. But initially, it wasn't documents on J. Edgar Hoover that he was even looking for. When Michael Brown was murdered in St. Louis, where I was living at the time, I talked to some ministers in the St. Louis area who had told me prior to the announcement that there would be no charges brought forward in Michael Brown's death, that the FBI had reached out to several ministers in St. Louis and said, what are you going to do to help us to make sure that St. Louis doesn't explode? And it got me thinking, how long has the FBI been reaching out to clergy for partnership And that's what got me started. And so when Billy Graham passed away in 2018, I knew that his file would possibly be available if he had one. And I'd seen pictures of Billy Graham with J. Edgar Hoover. Billy Graham had quoted Hoover in some of his more famous sermons. And I knew that J. Edgar Hoover was writing for Christianity Today. So I assumed that given all those connections, that he probably would have an FBI file, which would chronicle his correspondence and partnership with the FBI. You had to sue the FBI to write this book, right? Tell me about why. The FBI, when I made my Freedom of Information Act request, I had made several prior to that and there were no problems. But when I got to Billy Graham, the FBI did not respond to me within the statutory limit of 20 business days. And when I finally heard back from them almost two months later, there was no determination. So we filed suit uh, in the federal court there in D.C. um, with the FBI playing really loose and fast as it relates to the statutory limit on turning over information according to the Freedom of Information Act. And we went back and forth for some time, more than two years. And finally, the court supervised the FBI's rolling release of information that they had on Billy Graham. But other information, I was told, had been lost or destroyed. So I did not get a great deal of information. But it did lead me to start making requests about the world around Billy Graham. So Christianity Today, national religious broadcasters, and these other foundational institutions in evangelical in America. And that led me to write this book. What I tried to do in this book was to show that the type of power and access that Billy Graham had was not just with presidents, but it was also with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, which enabled the FBI to surveil and label certain religious communities as dangerous, unpatriotic, as subversive, and being a threat to the nation. How does the FBI and Hoover's FBI impact the trajectory of evangelical Christianity within the U.S.? 
it gives the idea that it's evangelical Christianity that is the norm, that evangelical Christianity is not something that developed in a particular time and place in post-war America, when America is concerned about nuclear destruction. And Hoover did that in a couple ways. When he would write these essays for Christianity Today, he would get permission from Christianity Today to reprint them, but it would have the stamp and emblem of the Department of Justice and the FBI giving America the idea that this was not just one man's opinion, but this was actually official U.S. policy. With that, it gave white evangelicalism access to the halls of power. And the idea within the American mind and the American psyche and American culture was that they were the moral custodian of American life and that anything that strayed from there put America in danger of losing its soul and perhaps even falling into destruction. And Hoover's steadfastness and the fact that he was in power for 48 years as FBI director really surpassed what any president did. And according to public opinion polls we have during the time, most Americans believed him. It's very hard for us to imagine anyone now writing to the FBI director to ask for spiritual advice. Are you saying it's kind of resolved, all better, no longer really part of sort of a feature of the FBI? I don't think it's all resolved. I think J. Edgar Hoover is the first of many political figures who white evangelicals have turned to for guidance, even though Hoover was not a white evangelical by theological definition. And I think the most recent has been Donald Trump. Again, someone who is not an evangelical theologically falls far short of theological stated moral imperatives, but yet still somehow manages to be the leader of a movement. The second thing I would say about the FBI today is that there is still is there still a great deal of a religious culture within the FBI, even though we see um, that conservatives have 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 recently complained. Um, Congressman Jim Jordan is seeking to investigate the FBI for um, bias against conservatives. But in actuality, we see there's still a rigorous religious culture within the FBI that still continues long after J. Edgar Hoover. In fact, um, just recently, the Chicago FBI field office requested that they would no longer have Ash Wednesday service at the FBI field office. But I think what that shows us is that there's still very much so a religious culture within the FBI that is alive and well today. Help me to understand then how this history might influence the FBI's current approach to terrorism that emerges from white Christian nationalist spaces. I think it makes it difficult for the FBI to recognize white Christian nationalism as a network and as a force. I think, unfortunately, even in, when James Comey's leadership, who was direct, the director of the FBI before he was uh, fired by President Trump, oftentimes when these events would happen, they would dismiss um, individuals such as the shooter at Emmanuel um, AME Church. They would dismiss them as lone wolves or as someone who was mentally ill, as opposed to the way that they would often frame um, those who are engaged in acts, acts of terrorism. If they had any affiliation with Islam or any affiliation with other black faith communities, they would often see it as a network. But unfortunately, they, would, they were slow to see white Christian nationalism as a network that has been engaged in a number of domestic terrorism attacks and domestic violence. And within the country. And I think this history has made it challenging for the FBI and its investigative priorities 
to really see and recognize the scourge of white Christian nationalism as being a network that is plaguing our democracy. And I think the FBI is now, especially after January 6th, I think it is attempting to correct that. I think the problem has come in that increasingly those that have been deemed as the extreme right, those who are on the right side of politics, on the right, far right, who believe that violence is an option on the table to achieve political ends and goals. I think we're seeing, unfortunately, that is increasingly merging with the establishment right. And so as the FBI is attempting to adjust and engage in white Christian nationalism as a danger to our society, they're finding themselves intersecting with the quote-unquote establishment right. And I think that the future is yet to tell us what that will look like as the FBI tries to prioritize investigating white Christian nationalism and the dangers of it in our country. Lerone Martin's new book, The Gospel of J. Edgar Hoover, How the FBI Aided and Abetted the Rise of White Christian Nationalism, is available now. Lerone, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. It was such a gift. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 